Hello and welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm Simon. We're both property people running our own businesses and this podcast is just us chatting as we often do about anything and everything property. And this week our chat is going to start with a couple of quick updates and I don't know if we want to uh, signpost the rest of the of, of the episode but we'll also be talking about exit strategies and long-term goals so uh, if that is of interest please please stay tuned as, as they say so Simon we were talking about updates mine is probably going to be as quick as yours was in uh, a couple of weeks ago so yours might be a bit longer because you were speaking about your property that I remember some time back ago you were debating about whether or not to sell it but there has been progress Yes, indeed. I'm not sure this update is actually going to be any longer, but um, <laughs> it is now on the market. We we made the decision to to try and try and sell it uh, a few weeks ago, and instructed an, an agent. It's taken a bit longer than we were hoping it would in order to get photos done because there was some scheduling issues between the the tenant that's there at the moment and the photographer and the estate agent. But that's all all been sorted out. And it is now on, on the property portals, and uh, the photographer has got some got some good photos. But the the thing I sort of like most is there's also a virtual tour. So uh, oh, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of virtual tours on on property listings. You can go and, go and have a, a really good good feel for the house without actually leaving your desk. And uh, our, our property listing does include that. Um, I'll I'll make sure there's a, a link in the show notes. So people can go and be nosy if they want. It's a uh, uh, a three four bed house down in in Brighton I think it's uh wow it's what well, it's it's got curb appeal I, I'm, I'm looking at it now it's certainly got curb appeal yeah it's uh it's a nice big double fronted um house complete with garage and driveway it's uh yeah that de- definitely looks great from the outside I mean it's good good from the inside as well um and it's got a a, a good back garden and things as well it's very uh very neutrally decorated inside so I suspect um a new owner, if they if they wanted it to be their home, would would want to come and uh, put their own own preferences and an own personality into the property. But uh, but yeah, it's it's nice and and ready for that. Very good. And in terms of the asking price, so did you go to many, did you look for many agents for this one? Had you already selected? Did you speak with a number? How did that? Over the years, when we've been umming and ahhing what to do with this property, <laughs> we have spoken to a number of different agents. Most of them have actually been sort of through my my parents, who have other properties in in the area and sort of converse with agents on a on a more regular basis around there. Uh, and this one uh, was similarly chosen through through my parents who uh, who have a, a relationship with them at the moment. So that, that's how that that arrived. We didn't really do much in the way of price comparison on on the agent front. They, they, these ones aren't aren't too bad by any means, but they're they're certainly not not the cheapest you can get, so so hopefully they're good, and uh, we'll we'll certainly find out how they're getting on in the next few days. Is the, the the listing has only only just gone live, so very very early days yet. Just a quick question as well on that one: Is it because um, obviously it's a really it's a nice big detached house, and are there many on that street in terms of detached? Uh, no, there's um, almost all terrace. Houses. Uh, some of them have been converted to flats. Um, in fact, I think there might even be a, a dedicated block or two of flats, but they're all quite old uh, style buildings. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's pretty unique, both on that street and and actually in the sort of immediate area as well. It's, uh, it make, makes it very very difficult to to try and value. 
Mm. So, um, so we shall we shall see. Um, we've it's got a uh, asking price of seven hundred thousand at the moment, and we're, we're we're hopeful that someone, or in fact, multiple people will really love it, and um, and it could even be be bid up from there because it's such a, a unique property. But uh, but we we shall see how uh, how frothy the market is or not. Yeah, it's it's interesting because my update is 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 much shorter and that that we've got two flats on the market at the moment and there isn't there isn't movement on one of them we we spoke you know at quite lengthy terms about why there was an issue and that was the flat in Croydon where we've got the uh the uh, cladding issue we have since though changed it to a um cash buyer have you had much interest from from cash buyers and how how have you found that sort of changed the the people who have been inquiring and the responses that you've been getting well the the um the interesting part is that we've we're now looking at investment you know so that's that's the key thing well i think one um, one viewing was uh, a father and son so looking for i think it's a university there university or college in, in Croydon, and he was looking for a place for his son and they were cash buyers so you know we've we've knocked you know 50 grand off the asking price to 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 try and gain that interest it's not the price we necessarily want and we're certainly not going to sell it so you know we are we are investors ourselves we know how this works but the investors that have come in generally i think there was two that have come with money from hong kong and i've heard that anecdotally from a couple of people recently and also on a podcast so that seems like it is a thing so to speak yeah i've just again anecdotally but uh there are, there are people registering with with Patma all the time uh, for um, the the free accounts and the the sort of pay for products there, and um, I, I've seen a a reasonable number of those are currently from Hong Kong. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, very interesting. And we've we've got I think three more viewings. So we had three I think we had three cash buyer viewings, and we've got three more viewings this weekend. So we're hopeful of getting interest, but we're not in this the states where we're desperate to sell. I mean, we'd love to sell it because all of our capital is in it, investment, investor capital is in it, et cetera, et cetera. And it was a project that was supposed to be done and dusted in a year and we started it April 2019. So uh, the less said about that one, that one the better. But um, Well, it's, you've only overrun by a few months. And and in, in your defence, you have had to deal with uh, with COVID-19 in that, that overrun period. So I don't think you're doing too badly. Yeah, that's that's elongated it. I think it's just one of these projects where it's it's had more than one challenge. Let's just say that, and we can probably come back to that as a as a review at some stage. And, and one of those challenges is also the the managing agent of the property, which, to be honest, it's is because it's a commercial mixed resi will certainly make me think twice before doing it again. Anyway, that's uh, that's uh, that's that. And then the other one we've got in Kingston, we've had several viewings. It's a studio flat. We haven't had any offers. And we're not sure why at the moment. We have dropped the price slightly. This one really surprises me because it's it's mm. a lovely flat. Mm. It looks looks really nice. And as you've said a number of times before, it has a definite feel of a, a much larger property. Because of the way the room is sort of separated out, it feels like a, a one-bed rather than a studio. And yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it looks great online. Um, I, I know maybe, maybe the photos are just really cleverly taken, and you're you're hiding <laughs> something awful in one of the corners. I I, I don't know, but um, yeah. looking online, it looks great. Yeah, strange. 
uh, I don't know whether because again the the, the stamp duty removal we thought would would really help and it's an interesting one because the agent said oh well there aren't there is there wasn't stamp duty but my understanding was that um you know for anything above 125k there is stamp duty i think it was first time buyers that didn't pay stamp exactly. duty for, yeah. so uh, up to 500 so maybe that's maybe that's what what he's saying um I'm, and I'm wondering whether or not help to buy is an issue. I don't know if, if a lot of new developments have gone up in the area. So, again, we don't know what the external factors are. There could be that as well because I think yeah, obviously – you're facing a lot of competition. Yeah, I think I think that must be it. I think we'll, we'll give it another sort of four weeks before we before we you know, think about what we do next. But, it, it, it you know, it's a flat in my eyes that, that should be selling. It's a great flat. And, uh, yeah, we've, we've talked about it before. So So that's the update on that front. So ne- next thing you you mentioned talking about was potential exit strategies, which is a good topic. Yeah, so this is unashamedly stolen from the property podcast. The the two Robs uh, spoke about this on a on a recent episode. They were were talking about what property investors do sort of at the end of their investment journey. So their their exit strategy. They suggested three sort of broad options. Uh, one was do nothing. So you just keep going. You you build a portfolio. Um, and then as your exit strategy, you probably stop growing that portfolio. But you just leave it as it is. Option two was you adjust that portfolio in some way. So perhaps you get rid of problem properties. You simplify properties. So perhaps you move from a, an HMO strategy, which is much more labor intensive to a, a, a vanilla buy to let strategy which is more passive or perhaps you sell half of it to pay off the mortgages on the other half and and simplify your life that way or remove your your concerns about debt or your potential stress around having debt uh, or the third option was to sell it all and um, just have a, a big lump sum to spend or invest in in other means that are, are much much lower effort and and it got me thinking about my own exit strategy and also sort of longer term goals for how how to get there and and of course got me thinking about the fact that we haven't really talked about our longer term goals or where we feel our property investment journey is is ultimately heading towards so uh, seeing as I've, i'm the one who's brought this up i'm going to ask you first Stuart. Uh, what's what's your your longer term uh, property goal? And, and by longer term, I'm I'm thinking sort of into retirement, not not sort of five years, but but properly long term. <laughs> yeah, understand. I I when I started buying the properties for me, it was always, I guess, a ten year play. I think in my view on things, and, and as we know, time goes so quickly. I can't believe that. You know, the first HMO property I bought was in 2015. I mean, the the buy to let we've had for you know 15 years plus. But in terms of the HMO, and we bought flats before that. But the HMO strategy started five years ago, and I was sort of thinking, well, five, ten years, we'll see where it goes. But of course, the longer term strategy for me at the moment, the way I think about it, is particularly in the business. And this is a, probably a topic I'd like us to pick up on another podcast. But given our podcast title is the business of property it's it's really getting to people people to think about their portfolio as a business so what is that business and it's really simple 
in the, in our first thoughts, well, it's just a rental business, but how does that business operate? Because otherwise, in my eyes, we just don't, we we are just landlords with a collection of properties, and that's for me why this podcast was always appealing because we we try and get under the skin of the business of things. I'm I'm going around the houses in terms of answering this question, but for me, when I started the limited company, I then started to reframe my thinking around okay, what is the business? Okay, the business for me was a student and young professional um, property business that was going to provide high quality accommodation. So I haven't really thought about the exit per se. I, I do have some thoughts around what I'd like to do with that business. Two of them are, well, number one would be I'd like to build a big enough um, business within the limited company that it would be open and appealing to potentially investors, you know, and I'm talking more institutional investors. So, yeah, pen, you know, people that are aligned with pension companies could be, you know, we're talking Hong Kong and I speak with someone that has links, you know, uh, links with um, investors in, in Hong Kong. And so for me, that is something I would think about. And I've thought about how that would work. I haven't thought about it deeply, but I'm, I'm kind of just sharing my initial thoughts, really. So this is uh, for first first dibs. But it could be around selling equity in that company. It could be selling the company as a whole. Part of me would want to hand some element of the business down to the family. And that is something I, I'm not going to get all grandiose about it and say I'm doing this all for legacy. I would like it to be some of it. But right now, that's quite far from my thoughts because I don't feel like I've constructed anything well enough to to think well enough about how I could hand the, the portfolio down, um, you know, tax efficiently, et cetera, et cetera. So I think to summarize, my, my, my thinking is around building a business, a property business that is generating significant cash flow. I mean, the, the income for the, the Lord Panda business at the moment, and, and we're starting a new brand called Inspired Urban, but you, you know, we are six-figure you know, turnover. So you know, a good, a good six-figure turnover at the moment. It needs to be better. But um, you know, I'd like to, to step it up significantly so that any potential investors can see a good business. So, you know, as you know, more intimately than others, you know, my, my focus is really about getting that business to work uh, first and foremost, because I think until then, it's not a business, it's a collection of properties that, that I manage. So uh, hopefully that answers my question. And um, hopefully I didn't uh, go around the houses too much <laughs> to provide that thought. So I, I'll return the question to you now. So where we stand today, what's your thinking about when uh, when Mr. Pither is 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 in his sixties and uh, and and the, and the kids have grown up a bit, what's going to happen? Well, I think I'd quite like a rest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. <laughs> um, in terms of my property business, my property portfolio, I'm very much of the mind that I'm building a portfolio for the long term. It's not something that I intend to sort of reach retirement and, and suddenly sell off and have a lump sum. Properties produce a, a good, regular, ongoing, largely sort of inflation-linked income. And I would like to maintain that and carry that into my retirement. I suspect in the sort of three scenarios that the, the Rob's 
outlined, I will fall sort of into the, the middle one in terms of doing some restructuring. I don't have any very high maintenance or, or sort of non-passive uh, property investments at the moment. So I, I, I don't do service accommodation, don't do HMOs, mine are all vanilla buy to So it's not that sort of uh, adjustment. I wouldn't adjust out of that into anything simpler because I don't think there really is anything simpler. But I probably would look to restructure the the, the debt arrangement. It was quite interesting that the Robs were quite keen on saying these days there really aren't any restrictions on uh, mortgages into old age. You can get new buy-to-let mortgages while you're in, in retirement and you can obviously keep existing ones as well. And they were also uh, very keen on saying that there's nothing wrong with holding that debt and keeping that debt longer term. But there is something sort of emotional um, about holding holding debt. And it, it doesn't make business sense. I, I can fully admit that. But on an emotional level, I think I fall into the, this category they mentioned where it would be nice just to not not have that debt, to not not have to worry about what the interest rates are doing or finding a new mortgage product every two years or every five years. So I can I can well imagine that uh, in those twenty plus ish years time, when uh, when I'm really looking at, at retiring and, and having a rest, the um, the strategy I, I would pursue at that point as a sort of exit, if you like, would be to reduce the number of properties I'm holding and pay down debt on on ones that I keep. So obviously I'd take the opportunity to to get rid of any slightly problematic ones or ones that that are just sort of out of the geographic area that I'm I'm working in at that time and try to to simplify my ongoing portfolio management and, and investment life as much as possible mm-hmm. remove any risks or or stresses around mortgages and interest rates and things and uh, make it really ultimately as passive as possible um for for sort of ongoing maintenance into retirement and Sorry, guys. You 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 were going to ask something. <laughs> no, I wasn't actually. I was I was just going to say it makes a lot of sense. And I think the challenge for me, I've never been a good one for projecting 10, 15, 20 years, because I think how we think and feel is something that we can't second guess. But based on the people we know and the people we've seen, I think what you're talking about, I compl- I completely subscribe to because I think by the time you get to sixty, sixty-five, and I've met these people. I've bought properties off some of these people. They get to a, a certain age. When you've done it for 20, 30 years, you do get tired. And that is why we have the phrase tired landlords. And I, I completely understand that that mindset, even though we just don't know how we're going to think and feel. I can totally understand at that stage, you don't want to be thinking about mortgages rates, mortgage rates and interest rates. And the other thing that I was just going to talk about that you, you made me reflect on is, I'll always remember a conversation with someone I used to work with and he talked about, and I've always thought this is very old thinking, but he he's always remembers the day that his father pa- finally paid off the mortgage because he, he said he came home from work and he said his dad was just walking around the house, knocking the walls, you know, walking, <laughs> knock, knocking a wall, knocking a door. I said, dad, what, what are you doing? He said, I'm, I'm just touching all of these walls. And he said, well, why? And he said, because I own every single brick of this house. He said, I finally paid off my mortgage. 
And of course, you know, it's a, it's a funny story. And I've always thought, but that's very, you know, it's very old school in terms of thinking. I'd always want to, you know, utilize my money the best it can be done. And I have to say, I've had a few debates and I hope my friend isn't listening that I used to debate this with because he, he used to talk about paying down mortgages and said, well, why don't you start paying off some of those mortgages? And I was like, no, no, I need to use that capital for growth. And But now I have to say my thinking's starting to turn a little bit where I, I, I'm, I'm more in agreement with you in terms of, yeah, actually, I think I'd prefer a bit more security. And it's probably come from the fact that I am very highly leveraged. So, yeah, we don't need to get into that. But I'm very highly leveraged, which means that, you know, the payments are quite high. And if I put more capital back into those properties, I could bring that down and actually not sleep a bit easier because I sleep, I sleep well enough, but actually just have an easier work day, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can totally understand that. It's, it's just taking one extra concern off the table. Mm. One other thing I think I would also change as I move into that retirement stage. Well, in fact, I think I, I might try to change this a bit earlier, actually. So I was going to say one thing I, I would change would be to remove myself from the management side of it. So mm. currently I self-manage um, my, my properties, with the exception of one or two, which my, my parents manage for me. And obviously, while it's low levels of work, it's some work. And most critically, it's that mental overhead of knowing that someone might phone you in the middle of the night and say they've got water pouring through their ceiling or some other fun thing to deal with. And I think I would want to take that away. So, Or at 3am say that they can't get in the house and they need new locks as we had in the last week. But sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, and, and you said you didn't have any updates. That's uh... <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I would, uh, I, I would definitely look to, to have someone else do the property management for me in, in retirement or in later stages and my longer term goals, but not quite long to the level of retirement would be to actually build up the portfolio to a, to a level where I could have a property manager working to, to look after those, those properties for me. Um, possibly not not a full time person, but um, but a, a dedicated person. Because I, I I feel that would be the way I would prefer to go rather than outsource to to an agent or multiple agents in in different areas. But um, I, I don't, ne never say never. I'm I'm nowhere near that stage yet. So uh, we'll we'll see how things evolve over the next decade or so. <laughs> yeah, makes a lot of sense. And the the other thing just in terms of the topic of conversation around always essentially taking money out and being happy to do that. And all of my mortgages are interest only. I don't have a residential mortgage currently, so they're all interest only. And I know there is this belief and we look back on history that property prices always increase. And I have been a subscriber of that. But I just think with events like COVID, with people like Donald Trump in charge, and we're not going to get into that, or, or you know, we just don't know what is what the world's going to happen. We don't. There might there might well be crashes that are bigger than we could have ever expected that may reduce. You know, we know that some properties in certain parts of the countries are still getting back to the levels they were at before two thousand eight in certain parts. So, yep. I, I do. You know, sometimes 
I, I don't disagree with the principle that property increases in value. We know it does. We are investors. That's why we do it. But I think we still have to be, you know, reticent around and, and careful around how we buy and, and what we buy for. Yeah, the world is perhaps a, a less stable place these days than we, we give it credit for. Mm. And there, there have always been parts of the world that are, are less stable. But we're, we're fortunate enough to live and invest in parts of the world that are, are assumed to be very stable. Yeah. But, uh, but yes, perhaps that, that assumption is, is not necessarily a, a safe one. But I, I suppose doing what we do, the way I always mitigate that is obviously buying at the price that I'm happy with and knowing that worst case scenario, if it were to lose in value, could the property still maintain itself? And that that is always the answer. And with all of the testing going on at the moment in terms of the stress testing from banks and so on, you'd like to hope that would be the case. And I guess it rounds off what we're talking about, long-term exit strategies. You and I are talking about, let's hope, 20, 25 years time from now. That's a long, long time. And we'd, we'd hope that yeah, any um, ups and downs in marketplaces will have will have ridden over in that time. So it is a long it is a long term play, and I think that's I think you and I agreed on that. And that's always my frustration with a lot of the messages being propounded in the in the uh, social media and uh, in the media is very short termist. You know, do this strategy, make your money, replace your income, do that in the next ninety days. It's all very short termist, and I think property shouldn't be thought of like that i think it's i think it's a mistake i totally agree property is very much a, a long-term game uh, it's it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of work and it um requires time to to put those things together and uh, and to reap the rewards from it so yeah you you've said that you've been investing for or proactively investing for five years and looking out, we've got another 20, 25 years still to go on that. It's, mm. it's that sort of time horizon that I think people need to be looking at for, uh, for successful property investment. Yeah, it's obviously the caveat is we're not talking about uh, you know, refurbs and flipping properties. That's a very different strategy. And yes, there, there is short term. And I know property sourcing is all the rage right now. Property trading and sourcing for properties is the trade. I, I think where I would sort of separate these things out is um, there can be short-term property deals, as in sort of you, you buy a property, do it up, flip it. But in order to make it a, a long-term sort of income, then it's a long-term job. You, you can't make a, a, a real fortune in property without it taking a long time. You might be able to make a reasonable return on a, on a single project a single flip but it's that, that's, that's different from a a lifetime of, of income and uh, an investment growth yeah and it's very very different uh, objectives achieved in that but uh, i think we've, we've covered a, a wide range there yes and and <laughs> run out of time again <laughs> <laughs> well as i kicked off i should wrap this off but uh, wrap this up rather so hope hope you've enjoyed the show if you've heard anything of interest or enjoyed it at all please do let us know please do reach out to us via the businessofproperty.com if you haven't already why not please do leave us a, a review we'd, we'd really welcome it and just helps us get the message out there other than that we'll see you on the next episode